This is the Overdue Homework Podcast. Welcome to the show. That's Trav. I'm Drew. And I'm Trav. And this is the Overdue Homework Podcast. And of course, we are here to give you our opinions on 80s and 90s media. Please make sure to contact us. I say this every every episode, but make sure to contact Just us. Just do it. Um, Overdue Homework Podcast at gmail.com. Trav, how you doing? Dot com. Not too bad, Drew. Uh, enjoying the day off as always. Hopefully we will get our AC fixed here before the crazy temperature weekend. Uh, but yeah, could be worse, could be better, you know, you know. By AC, do you mean ass crack? I mean my ass crack. If I could just get that fixed before the heat because my SWAS situation has been out of control lately. Yes, that is exactly what I was referring to. How about you? How is your ass crack doing? Uh, my ass crack is great. <laughs> good, good. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, I got some awesome news yesterday. Yeah? I have an appointment scheduled for my vasectomy. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Yay. Uh, it's the right thing to do, you know. So yeah. then Kristen doesn't have to be on birth control for the rest of her life. So for sure, and for sure. we don't want to have any more children. So it's, it's the, a team effort the next, situation. Yeah. Uh, the appointment was interesting. I didn't do a whole heck of a lot of research going into it because it kind of knew that they just kind of snipped some stuff, you know, kind of solder, not solder. What do they call? What do they call it? Singe some stuff. Yeah. Sew you back up, and then you're out of commission for a few days. Great. Yeah. Sounds great. Um, he tells me that they're going to do numbing on the scrotum, Yikes. and then after that, numbing inside the scrotum. And he's <laughs> like, well, we have to do that twice, one for each side. So they do it on one side, and then they do it on the other side. And he said, when we do it on the inside, it's going to feel like you got kicked in the balls for about five to ten seconds. Oofta. And I was like, mm, all right. He's like, but the good news is, I'm going to prescribe you a Valium that you get to take before nice. the appointment. And I'm nice. like, great. At least then I won't care too much, hopefully, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So, moral of the story is if you can stick to the ass crack procedure, <laughs> do that. Do but, that. you know, sometimes you got to take it to the next level. I do have to say, though, uh, he... Uh, all I could think about was the office. Snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. <laughs> yeah, Do you have any yeah. idea what the toll of three vasectomies has on a person? Oh, my God. And it was funny. My doctor did say, you can have the vasectomy uh, reversed, yeah. but it's like a 50-50 shot if it works. Yikes. And he said it's like $15,000 out of pocket to get it done. No oh, my God. So Michael Scott had three vasectomies reversed <laughs> for a total of $45,000, maybe. No wonder you couldn't send those kids to school. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's one of the cringiest episodes. Whenever Ugh. that one's on TV, I skip it. I it's, can't it's do. Rough. I can't do Scott's Tots. There's, there's, there's a few with, of them with a laptop, and then he pulls out the lithium battery <laughs> for the laptop. They're lithium. They're oh. lithium. Oh my gosh. Oh, uh, boy. But that's how my week went. So I have that to look forward to for sure. For sure. <laughs> At least you'll get off work to do some homework. Yeah, so. yeah, that'll be nice. Uh, I'll be done, be out of work for four days, so that's great. Boom. Yeah, I'll take it. Anytime I can excuse to get out of work, I'll take it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, in the production of this podcast, uh, I used one website, and that's 80skids.com. And if you're a constant listener, you know that those articles go uncredited. <laughs> so, uncredited. 
Uh, Trav, should we do our homework review? I think we should get into it. Okay, that sounds good to me too. I guess that's what we're here for. I guess so. <laughs> so, of course, we're doing Hot Shots, a movie with an exclamation point behind the name, just yep. like another movie we did, yeah. Mars Attacks. It's not <laughs> italicized like Mars Attacks, no. though, unfortunately. Hot Shots, 1991, directed by Jim Abrams. Uh, written by Jim Abrams and Pat Proft, Minnesota's own Pat Proft, Pat and Proft. very prolific writer of the time. Like he was a writer on the Naked Gun movies. He was a writer on the Na- a lot of National Lampoon's movies in the in the '90s and in the '80s. So very prolific writer. Writer. Once we get to those movies, we are going to become very familiar with Pat Proft. Nice. Produced by Bill Badalato. Badalato. St- uh, starring Charlie Sheen as Topper Harley, Carrie Elways as Kent Pirate Gregory, Valerie Golino as Ramada Thompson, Lloyd Bridges as Thomas Tug Benson. What a name. <laughs> uh, Kevin Dunn as James Eyewitness Block, which is, I, I love the fact that when we get to that point that his call sign is Eyewitness. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. It's hilarious. Uh, John Cryer as Jim Watson. Shout Pfaffenbach, uh, William O'Leary as Pete Deadmeat Thompson, Christy Swanson as Janet Bio Kowalski. I don't know why it's Bio. I don't uh, get it. Yeah. Uh, Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. as Mr. Wilson. Hey, Mr. Wilson, we should do that movie sometime. Did you Did you ever watch uh, uh, the Dennis the Menace movie? In, oh, yeah. yeah. We should do that movie sometime. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be, fun. be a good one. Uh, Bill Irwin as Leland Buzz Harley, Ryan Stiles as Dominic Mailman. Farnham, Farnham, <laughs> Heidi Swedberg as Mary Thompson, and Rhino Thunder as Oatana, the old one. Charles Barkley as himself for like a split second. A split second. Bill Lambeer as himself, also for a split second. Uh, Jerry Halava, 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 as Saddam Hussein. Uh, Gene Greytack as Pope John Paul II. And of course, Hot Shots was released July 31st, 1991. Um, a quick little interesting fact about this movie. So the Queen of England watched this movie. It was uh, not a movie you'd think the Queen of England would watch. Definitely not. Um, but in 1991, Hot Shots was chosen chosen as the movie for the royal film performance, which was attended by the Queen. All right. So it's still unclear what she thought of the movie, but you know, she went and saw Hot Shots in the theater as part of a big production. <laughs> Why would you choose Hot Shots? Uh, I really don't know. <laughs> so weird. But hey, the Queen saw it. So good. I, I, I want. I really wish that I would have known if I would have met the Queen before she died. I would have said, what did you think of Hot Shots? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Give me your opinion. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, she probably did. I don't know. What, what do you think the queen would have said? It was very silly. It was very silly. <laughs> I give it four out of five Hopper Harleys. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a pretty good rating for it, actually. Would you like to break this movie down, Trav? I would like to, but can you remind me? So Charlie Sheen is Martin Sheen's son. Correct. And then is Emilio Estevez their brother, but he changed his name or something? Or I mean, not Martin's brother, but Charlie's brother, but yes. he changed his name. Yes. So Ch- Charlie Sheen and Martin Sheen's last name is actually Estevez. Oh, okay. And Char- or Martin Sheen's name is like Carlos Estevez. I think that's what it is. Okay. And 
Charlie Sheen decided to keep tri- decided to go the same route as his father and go with the Sheen name. Okay. And then uh, uh, Emilio Estevez decided he wanted to differentiate himself from the rest of the family sure. and went with his actual last name of okay. Estevez. Because yeah, young, young Charlie Sheen reminds me so much of young Estevez because I've watched Mighty Ducks so many times. Right. I'm like I'm pretty dang sure they're brothers. Yes. And it was just a yes. name change. So. I believe Emilio is the older of the two brothers. Okay, sure. And Emilio looks, they both look like Martin, like a lot when you, but I think Emilio really looks like Martin. Yeah. Because he's got the more sandy hair as opposed yep. to the jet black hair that uh, Charlie Charlie has. So it's, it's, he even references, we'll get to it later <laughs> in the movie. We'll get to it later in the breakdown. But why don't we break this thing Let's down? Let's break it All down. Right. So in that opening sequence, the parallels to Top Gun are everywhere, everywhere. right? The immediate the music is like basically like a plagiarized song. Like yeah. it sounds exactly the same. It's a little different. It's it kind of feels like the same thing with like uh Under Pressure and Ice Ice Baby, right? It's, yeah. It's not ding 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 ding. It's ding 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 ding. You know, it's, it's just it's just <laughs> right. super super similar. Super right. similar. Um, the music, the look, everything about it is just like, wow, are we watching Top Gun? Exactly. Right? And that's, that's what it was meant to be directly lampooning Top Gun. Yeah. Um, we're on that aircraft carrier and there's gags aplenty. That's, that's one thing about this movie. They tell the story through jokes, basically. A lot before, of physical comedy going on. Until you get to the end and then they're like, oh shit, we got to get some story in here. <laughs> <laughs> so like the gags are like the commercial luggage going across the deck in the background, the football, playing football on the deck yep. and then the, they establish the running gag of people falling off the deck of the aircraft carrier definitely uh, the two dudes with the bombs they run into each other bonk, oh, <laughs> oh, roasting a hot dog in the jet engine exhaust which I'm sure has been done for real right probably, I would, I would assume probably. So. any way you look at it it's funny stuff and really sets the tone for the rest of the movie you if you didn't know that it was a comedy after the first three minutes, you should be like, oh, okay, this is a comedy. This, this is, is a comedy. not a serious movie, which if you, 1991, you went to the theater thinking you were going to get a serious military movie. Like, where are you? That's, Come on. Not, that's not what you're going to get out of Hot no. Shots. There should have been no, like, should have been no questioning what it was no. going to be. Uh, so after that, we get to move over to Flemner Air Force Base 20 years ago. Mailman and Buzz doing some training. Is that what they're doing in the I air? Guess. I think that's what it would be. Uh, Buzz inverting the plane and everything falling to the canopy always gets a good laugh. It's like I see I saw like Hall's cough drops and like the deck of cards, deck of cards and like all yeah. types of stuff. And, uh, they have company in the skies. We've got company at two o'clock. I got a mailman. Hang on. Here we go. Buzz, what's going on up there? Just moving a road hog, and he's flashing his brights at these <laughs> honking the horn. Hilarious. I love that. <laughs> Knock it off. What kind of stunt was that? Uh, Buzz sideswipes that other plane, because just seen what this baby can do. <laughs> this bag of bones isn't rated past Mach 2. And then he just climbs up Mach 1, Mach 2. <laughs> Buzz just pushes that plane past its breaking point, and Buzz and Mailman have to eject, or hit the silk, as they say. Yeah. Um, hilarious that Mailman reaches over and ejects a tape out of a VCR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just hilarious. It's just like a literal visual gag, and it's just, like, hilarious, like... That's a good comedy mind if you think about it because they're like, we need a tiny little gag here. And when he says to eject, why don't we have him eject the tape out of Seriously, a Seriously, it amplifies it so it much. It does, it does. It makes a, a non-silly line just completely ludicrous and hilarious. 
Um, so Buzz successfully ejects, but Mailman is going to be going down with the plane at this point. Uh, Mailman crashing through the forest. No, oh, mahogany, ow, squirrel's nest, bird, ow, pine, oh, ow, oh, the ground. I made it, I made it. There is a god. <laughs> uh, boy. Uh, it's too bad Ryan Stiles didn't have a bigger uh, uh, part in this movie, right? Agreed. I, yeah. I enjoy him as an actor. Friend, He's so. very funny. Uh, after surviving the crash, uh, Mailman is finally ejected from the plane after a moment or two. He's just like, ah, and then boing. Yeah. <laughs> He lands on the forest floor. He gets knocked out. Uh, as he awakes, he finds out it's deer season. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> the first time I watched that the movie, that was the first laugh out loud moment for I mean, me. Like, oh my god! Yeah, I mean, it's literally lifted from Looney Tunes, yeah. right? Like, it's but it's still hilarious. It's hilarious. So, deer hunting season starts today at noon. <laughs> today, what the hell kind of science? <laughs> that is that is really somebody funny. put that up today. <laughs> Or forgot to take it down <laughs> from yesterday. last year. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Uh, it shouldn't be a problem, though, right? Except for the fact that he looks like a deer because of all the branches stuck to his exactly. helmet. <laughs> hey, look, there's one. Uh oh. <laughs> and mailman is shot dead. <laughs> uh, we move back into the present day, and Topper Harley awakes from a nightmare in a teepee. So all this Native American theme stuff. Seems kind of out of left field, doesn't it? Yeah. The only thing that I could think of that would like make it so that they put all... I mean, Dances Wolves. That oh, was sure. a huge movie in 1989, maybe 1990. Okay. So that's the only reason why I think that they went with that Native American motif. Yeah. I mean, Otherwise, I mean, I'm lost. There's no well. reason. There's no Native American motif in Top Gun. Right. You're right. not lampooning Top Gun in that instance. Exactly. You're lampooning. Must be lampooning uh, uh, Dances, Dances with Wolves, Wolves, which we've talked about in a different podcast. I had a sixth grade teacher that was in Dances with Wolves. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. <laughs> Go listen to every episode to figure out which yeah, one I don't you even- I don't remember which episode that was in, but go back and listen to them all again. Uh, But, you know, interestingly enough, uh, Topper Harley, his name is taken from the Harley Davidson Topper Motor Scooter. Boom. So it's not even a motorcycle. It's the scooter. Motor Scooter. Uh, But it is not actually his real name. Topper isn't his real name in the movie. It's Sean. And you see it for a split second. When he meets Ramada for the first time. Did you notice that at all? I did not. Yeah, just for a split second. It's Sean. Uh, The Navy has come calling, uh, and they want him back. Specifically, it's uh, uh, Commander, what was it? It's Commander Block? Is that what it was? I think so. Yeah, Commander Block. Um, He pushes that doorbell on the teepee. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Topper Harley? Once, perhaps. Now I am called Tuca Chinchilla. Uh, What does that mean? Fluffy bunny feet. Mm, okay. <laughs> uh, Lieutenant Commander James Block uh, wants to talk to Topper about coming back to the Navy. Uh, they move into the teepee, and Block sits on a chihuahua for the first time. First sight. One of two or three hilarious... I can only think of the two right now off the top of my head, running gags that make it all the way through the movie. But that is... It's so funny it's every so time. It's so funny and random every, every time. time. And then they, everybody will pick up the dog and pet it gently. Pet and, it gently. And then set puts it to the side. <laughs> <laughs> uh, turns out the Navy has a top secret mission Sleepy Weasel Sleepy Weasel <laughs> uh, Topper needs to speak to the old ones before he commits though uh, Not before they do a bunch of helium for some reason or, or another <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I get it, you're kind of making fun of the whole peace pipe thing That Native Americans would use and stuff But why not just actually have them 
maybe because it's not maybe they wanted to have them actually like smoking pot or something like yeah. that but the who censors or whoever studios like they can't do that it's too much yeah and you know nitrous oxide would make more sense than helium right yeah but the helium gives the comedic voice between the two of them. Definitely. Which... The fact that it's a balloon attached <laughs> to this thing is ridiculous. It's just the the wacky factor from every angle in this movie. Yeah. Great helium. <laughs> <laughs> I should have brought a helium balloon so we could have done some I stuff. Know, I was thinking that. <laughs> should have done it. Uh, Topper and Oatana's conversation. Uh, it's all names of Minnesota cities. And nice. I'm sure you noticed that. Obviously. obviously. <laughs> Plus the Walkman with uh, Can't Touch This is hilarious hilarious love it. <laughs> he says uh cities like minnetonka nokomis chocopi manamidai winnebago <laughs> <laughs> and orono <laughs> and then wraps it up with latoya tito germain <laughs> those are the jacksons you know michael jackson's brothers and sisters yeah. if you did not know that already uh, in their conversation, Oatana gives Topper his blessing and leaves Topper with a gift from Dances with Bikers. <laughs> it's a leather jacket. <laughs> There's a direct, a direct lampoon at uh, Dances with Wolves. I would have to assume. Uh, and uh, he wants, and Oatana wants Topper to bring back AA batteries. There's the third running gag that yep, makes it from yep. beginning to end uh, for the Walkman. I'm assuming, right? <laughs> right, right. Uh, Topper does decide to leave and rejoin the Navy. Uh, Topper then runs across his love interest in the movie while he's riding his motorcycle down the road. Yeah. (laughs) Then they duel. Motorcycle versus horse. So wacky. So wacky. Like, (laughs) it's just so crazy and weird. Uh, The gymnastics is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, And obviously, Charlie Sheen is nowhere near riding that motorcycle. Obviously, There's the one stunt where they're both, where Ramada is standing on her horse and he's standing on the motorcycle. Yeah. And I really slowed it down because that's a kind of a far shot away from it. And Uh so you actually see him standing on the motorcycle. But if you look at one foot, it's really weirdly positioned so i'm wondering if there's like a rod going up his pants and then he's like secured at the waist to the motorcycle that's like on a trailer right right so it just looked really weird because i'm like how do they do that he's literally standing on that motorcycle doing the arm thing yeah yeah i do love that scene though (laughs) very funny you know and and that happens in top gun but there's no gag no it's just him showing up to the base (laughs) so then you see that in this okay i see where they're going and then within 10 seconds i did not see that (laughs) happening whatsoever (laughs) i think that they probably could have picked a better stunt driver maybe for that motorcycle because he looks nothing like it i guess you could take that as part of the gag right right right. uh topper is super impressed with her dismount onto the under the horse and he's just like wow (laughs) wow i mean is that a sexual thing where he's like oh i can't wait for her to do that to To me me, (laughs) that'll feel great (laughs) my pelvis is broken Uh, Topper finally makes it to the Dudley Naval Air Station, toll 35 cents. <laughs> just, just gag after gag after gag. Um, I love the speed bump parody of Maverick's uh, famous uh, runway drive and hits those speed bumps yeah. and goes flying all over the place. Finally, we meet Admiral Benson, falls out of the plane. <laughs> a really, really good entrance for his character. It yeah. really sets the tone for what type of dude he's going to be, which is just completely inept, inept at what he's doing. Yeah. Admiral, good to see you again, sir. It's been too long. And so it has. Yes, yes. <laughs> How are you, sir? Hawaii? God damn it, Bill, I should be in California. Uh, no, sir, this is California. Well, gotta run. Good luck. Oh, good God, I gotta pee. I had a part of my bladder blown off at Guadalacanal. <laughs> 
the first of his many injuries. There's a fifth running gag through the movie right there. Or that's the fourth running gag through the movie. You know, it's so I love a movie that has a gag that's going to go play through the whole movie. And this one's got four of them so far. So. <laughs> Great. We're in good shape. We're in good shape. Uh, we move into the barracks now with Topper and the rest of the Flyboys. They are very happy to see him, even the rabbi. Even the <laughs> rabbi. <Muzzled> off. <laughs> Uh, we meet Washout, and he has walleye vision. What? Like, what? The most <laughs> random gag I've ever seen in my life, but it is probably the most hilarious gag throughout the movie. It, it's one of the best, especially when they introduce it. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, he's tr- reading the pill bottle. <laughs> <laughs> he can't hide. He's dropping stuff. He's trying to put on his nightstand. He's just missing. <laughs> he can't pull open the drawers. And, and then when uh, he's trying to shake his hand, but his death <laughs> perception is all off. And oh, then man. Topper gets like right in his face. He's like, you all right, buddy? You all right? <laughs> <laughs> You're a pilot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be flying with you. Great. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Uh, next, we meet Dead Meat, and uh, Topper goes, cute. Cute. <laughs> what a name. <laughs> Thanks. I like to stay in shape. <laughs> and Dead Meat is the stereotypical dude with a family in a movie like this, so he's probably going to die. I mean, duh, right? He's Goose. His name's, his name's Dead Meat. He is Goose, <laughs> like you say. Like, he is that uh, allegory right there for that character. Uh, the pilot's sergeant, I'm assuming. I It's hard to tell who these people are, really, because you're not supposed to really pay that much attention to who these people are in a movie like this. He enters the barracks, and he goes, attention on deck. You eyeballing me, mister? <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> the next time I see your ugly face of yours, I want it clean shaven. Suck in that chest. <laughs> it's a lady. It's a lady. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lady. It's a lady. In, in her bra. <laughs> And then she tr- when she tries to suck in her chest, doesn't she just stick it out more? Yeah, all she does is puff out her <laughs> boobs a little further. <laughs> uh, next, it's on to Washout. What are you looking at, son? <laughs> he really he really lays into Washout. Yeah, but he does. Topper comes to his defense, and then the sergeant leaves. Uh, we get to meet Kent Gregory. Uh, his dad was mailman, uh, killed in a hunting accident. Yeah, <laughs> it's deer season. Uh, but Washout has something to reveal. This is incredible. This is an incredible coincidence. Uh, the hunter who mistakenly killed your father was Henry Pfaffenbach, my father. I feel terrible. <laughs> I love how he pulls out a framed picture of Mailman mounted on the wall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Janet Kowalski says, Isn't this Henry Elva Pfaffenbach? My mother was a Pfaffenbach. <laughs> and then another pilot comes forward. Not Doreen Pfaffenbach. From Minnesota? Yeah. Then we're cousins. We used to spend our summers in Eagle River. Eagle River? River? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and then Washout says, I hope you can forgive me for this. If it helps, I didn't have seconds. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't have seconds. He didn't have seconds. Come on, he didn't have seconds. Uh, we established that Topper and Kent are just not going to get along. Do you like the fact that they call him Kent through the whole movie? Why don't they call him Gregory? They never use his call sign of pirate ever ever period which is weird it is weird but i don't know i just think it's weird that the, everybody calls him kent and not um, anything what's else. up with him on the front of that esquire magazine or whatever oh that... yeah i forgot about that because he's super handsome right so he's on esquire also oh i, I see, I see. <laughs> I uh yeah they're just not going to get along it's just a direct play off of Iceman and maverick yep, obviously yep. Uh, so now they're in the Admiral's office, I think. that We'll just go with his office. Block and Benson talk about the operation. Operation Sleepy Weasel. <laughs> <laughs> 
Every aerial photo and recon report indicate a defensive arsenal in the D, and perhaps C categories. There's also some anti-aircraft squadrons. They can send up ACAC umbrella they can send up an ACAC umbrella high enough to make any attack ineffective. I don't have a clue what you're talking about, Phil. I have a shell the size of a fist in my head. Pork chop hill. The only way I can make this toupee stay on is by magnetizing the upper left quadrant of my skull. You just go ahead and do what you do. Do you have any soup? (laughs) (laughs) So did you notice that he calls Block a different name every time that he talks to him? Yeah. Every time. Every time. very funny. Very, very funny. What is this ACK-ACK? Is that... So anti-aircraft. Oh, okay. Yeah, anti-aircraft gun. That's that's what that... Yeah. (laughs) Not that, because that was after the fact. After this. It was a, it's a parody, this movie's a parody so good, they're parodying movies that are going to come out in five years, right? <laughs> Boom. Go back and watch Mars of Dice. Don't do it, actually. Don't Just do it. Listen to our it. episode. Just listen to it. <laughs> don't watch that movie. Uh, so the Admiral sits down for his soup at the desk, uh, and then we see the soldiers marching in formation in the background, and every time that they go back to him, they just gets progressively sillier and One sillier of my favorite gigs. I love how they're all doing the can-can at the, the end. <laughs> And they're so good. (laughs) They are really, really good. Uh, Now we're back with Topper, and he's reading Psychology Today, the swimsuit edition. (laughs) Uh, While a maintenance man sets up to do some work in the ceiling. So I think this is a jab at Top Gun again with the maintenance guy, because I remember them like constantly having dudes on ladders and stuff in the hallways where they were, right? So. I just knew as soon as he was going up the ladder with all these cords that it was going to be bad. And then when you see it's to change a light bulb, (laughs) okay, I see what's going on here. (laughs) He comes in and says, those are some long legs. I just had them lengthened. Now they go all the way up. (laughs) I love that. That was such a great line. What a line. What a line. (laughs) Topper's putting all the moves trying to get in Ramada's pants. And then he also sits on the chihuahua. (laughs) Oh, that's just such a good gag. I just can, every time I read it, think about it, anything, I'm just like, oh man, that chihuahua, that's such a good gag. They go over Topper's past together, and he's obviously dealing with some stuff. He's psychologically uh, uh, scarred, you could say. (laughs) You disobeyed a direct order and lost a $13 million fighter in the process. Yes, I did. But I'm paying it off at 10 bucks a week. <laughs> I should have gotten that extra collision coverage. So 10 bucks a week, it's 40 bucks a month times 12. I mean, he's going to be paying that off for decades and decades. Decade. <laughs> uh, Ramada wants Topper to get into therapy, and he's not uh, that interested in it. So no. he, he decides to leave the office, and he gets electrocuted. Yikes. Be careful out there. I can take care of myself. No, you're going to get hurt. I don't need your help or anybody's. I'll be just fine. Another great Looney Tunes bit. I love that they're not shy about using that type just of material. Just making it super silly. It's, I love it. It's the perfect amount of silly. It is. It's the perfect amount of silly. It's like you can't go too over the top with that stuff right. because then it just becomes stupid. Yeah. You know, but it's 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 a perfect amount of silly. Like the bones through the glass is just so ridiculous. Yeah. It's just I love it. I love it. And then. And when he gets up after that, and he's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> zaps one more time when he hits the cord. 
next, we move into the pilot's ready room. Attention on deck. At ease, men. And then everybody strikes that pose. Did you see the dude? The, the uh, um, Kent had the scarf on that was flying, flapping in the wind and <laughs> yeah. stuff. And then the one dude like opens up his shirt to like expose his uh, pecs and his abs <laughs> yeah, and stuff. Like, it's oh, right. Very funny. Very funny. <laughs> and then, you know, anytime Tug Benson, Admiral Tug Benson is on screen, he... I know we're just getting into this podcast, but he is the secret star of this movie. Definitely, I the agree. The secret star of this movie. Many of you are wondering about my pants. Well, they ran short of material at the knees, so don't give me any shit. <laughs> <laughs> what I wouldn't give to be 20 years younger, and a woman. <laughs> I've flown over 194 missions, and I was shot down on every one. Come to think of it, I've never landed a plane in my life. <laughs> He's teaching them. <laughs> Just golden line after Such golden line. Golden lines. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the pilots are ready, and they're finally going to be taken to the air. Sleepy Weasel's success depends on our ability to maneuver below enemy radar. Show me what you can do. Copy that, purple fluffer nutter. Roger that, Millie Vanilli. <laughs> Got to say that again. <laughs> Roger that, Millie Vanilli Chili Willie. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these are just too good. It's just too much sometimes. It really is almost too much. But that's what makes this movie what it is. Yeah. A really great movie. Um, the it's some This movie has some fun flying action in it, right? It does, yeah. It, they do a pretty good job of capturing the feel of Top Gun. Obviously, when they're in the jets, it looks very fake. Obviously. And it just doesn't look good. I right. Mean, what do you expect? You but can't... they keep up the silliness in yes. the air, so yes. yeah, it yes. works. And it's some cool stunt flying. Like, somebody, they did some stunt flying for this movie, and I admire the fact that they didn't just, like, do everything from inside the cockpit, because they could have right. easily done everything from inside the cockpit and just had two planes sitting on a soundstage with a screen behind them, you know? Right. I'm glad that they at least put some real real uh, planes in the air. Um, a good gag in the sequence with Topper flying through traffic, because, uh, you know, they're trying to be as low as possible, and yeah. Kent's like, I'm 150 or 15 feet from the deck or something like that. He's like, well, I'm at 4th and 42nd, <laughs> or whatever it was. That's really very funny. Uh, Block tells Topper he flies just like his dad, and this sends Topper into a tailspin, quite literally. Quite literally. <laughs> and then he crashes through that billboard. Smoke! Nobody lives forever! <laughs> <laughs> so it's just an interesting, like, why even have that gag in the movie? Weird. Somebody must really despise smoking, yeah. or they just wanted to make fun of people that smoke, one yeah. or the other. <laughs> Uh, so everybody wants to know what that was all about. Like, where'd you go, Topper? What happened? Uh, Topper thought he saw Elvis. <laughs> and it wasn't that he just had a severe panic attack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the king is gone. Let's head home. <laughs> so, I love that. It's so good. It's really good that Block like takes him literally. He's like, yeah. no, no, no. The king is gone, Topper. <laughs> Uh, then of course wash out misses his runway when um, he's like uh, he's like copy I need runway on 30 30 30 something 30 30 30 something and then the guy goes uh, the guy in the tower goes uh, uh, 30 something's been canceled please abort whatever yeah please That's, head to 29er yeah. <laughs> please head the 29er so there was a TV show called 30 something oh okay. and so I think that's why that gag was in there that's I the see. only thing I could put in there put it make sense in my mind for it I guess yeah uh, next we get to see, uh, oh, well, Washout lands in Vegas, which is funny, and Tom Jones, and another little loose tie to, uh, Mars Attacks right there, <laughs> yeah. another loose tie, yeah. very loose tie. Uh, next we get to see Topper and Ramada in the elevator, sexual tension, anyone? Uh. Uh. Can I press your button? No, you've been slaving over hot psychotics all day. 
Let me get that. <laughs> Interesting perfume. It's Vix. I have a cold. <laughs> <laughs> Slaving over hot psychotics all day. <laughs> Uh, we find out in the elevator that Ramada wants the ground topper. Are you joking? If I were joking, I would have said, what do you do with an elephant with three balls? You walk him and pitch to the rhino. <laughs> what, a, what a good joke. Yeah. It's hilarious. Hilarious. Oh, I can see you are serious. <laughs> <laughs> and then next, we're in a boxing ring all yeah. of a sudden. I love this movie. It's just like, that scene's done. Let's move over to some new jokes. Yep. Let's go move over to some new jokes. <laughs> For the WBA, WBC, WPA, RSVP, World Heavyweight Championship of the World. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, let me introduce the celebrities sitting uh, ringside. Pope John Paul II is there. Yeah. <laughs> So he was a wildly popular guy, even though he's a Catholic pope. Like, just in general, people really liked him. Sure. So that's the only reason I can think that he's in this movie. He's just a wildly <laughs> popular guy at the time. R.I.P. Pope John Paul II. But whatever, I guess. <laughs> uh, but the real reason we are at the boxing ring is to find out that Block is doing some side dealing with a... Uh, with a contractor, and he wants to make sure that Block wants to make sure that that contractor is going to get a big order for some new planes, and all because Block's heart is in the right place, wanting to upgrade the planes to something better. He never, they never really say that he's like getting paid under the table or anything like that, but he's conspiring to like make this mission fail. Mm -hmm. It's kind of weird to me a little bit, but it is a comedy, so let's not worry about it too much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it turns out Topper's playing right into their hands. Anytime Buzz is mentioned, he goes out the deep end. Uh, the unit will fail. Sleepy Weasel, Weasel will be aborted, and the planes will look inferior. Inferior. Uh, then the president will want all new planes, and then the best of all, no one gets hurt. Yeah. Everybody gets some money, no one gets hurt, no one gets hurt. Yeah. Uh -huh. And then a passing shot at Don King, who's a very famous boxing promoter for those out, out there that may not know who he is. Uh, should be a good fight. Both fighters are managed by Don King. Uh, the fight is obviously rigged. Obviously. <laughs> Phantom punch. <laughs> right good. away. <laughs> First thing. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> All right, Over. I am out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so it, if if you're a Rocky fan, you may have kind of like recognized this scene and then a scene a little bit later too. So they used... Uh, reused film in this movie they reused film from Rocky 2 oh okay. and then they made the people in the ring dress like Rocky and who was the other guy dressed like Carl Weathers and Sylvester Stallone uh, and then they also recreated the ring so it seems like a lot of work to like reuse a single shot yeah I don't know but that's from Rocky 2 right. that's from Rocky 2 <laughs> Uh, next, we move over to the strafing run. That's a bar, the hangout bar that you get to go to, sort of like the one in Top Gun, I guess, a little bit. I guess. A little bit. Uh, turns out Kent and Ramada have a history. Oh, my God. He's still in love with her. <laughs> <laughs> Some things have changed, though. It's not another woman. I can't compete with that. <laughs> Good line. Look, <laughs> it's not another woman. I can't compete with that. <laughs> uh, Ramada doesn't have any time for Kent. Uh, she's got a musical number to do. <laughs> <laughs> very, very interesting musical number. Is that her singing? I don't know. I mean, it looks like it could be. It does. It sounds like her voice. It, it does. It's whoever. I mean, if they're, if somebody is singing that, that's not her. 
they impersonated her accent to an extent. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I think it might be her. It seems like something that she could probably Well, I mean, do. it's recorded, we find out, <laughs> because eventually she takes a drink and her song keeps going without her singing. Yeah, but. and that's one of the many good gags in this uh, in this scene, including her walking up like the 45-degree angle yeah, of the this scene is heavy with like the physical comedy yes, and all these yes, gags. It's I really love good. It. And I love when she falls off the piano and then takes the time to move the microphone around the leg. Around the, the leg and just... <laughs> crawls under the whole thing <laughs> and then we get the you know the tongue out of the mouth like Whoa. in the mask wall <laughs> uh then topper comes out of nowhere and he takes over the piano and shreds it. shreds it uh and no uh charlie sheen cannot play the piano yeah <laughs> he cannot there's that one scene where she steps on his hands and you can kind of see the whole shot of him actually playing the piano and it kind of looks like he's playing what's on there it's a very yeah. short shot so i googled it can charlie sheen play the piano no he cannot play the piano <laughs> no he cannot uh ramada is impressed and kent is jealous that's a common theme for kent he's a very jealous man <laughs> uh topper wins her over and they begin to leave the bar uh kent confronts them uh topper's flying is really pissing him off if there wasn't a lady here, I'd tear you apart like a Christmas goose. What is this macho thing? He started it. Did not. Did too. <laughs> Did not times ten. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's a rumble. <laughs> and the whole bar just starts fighting. Oh, boy. That's uh, pretty this is funny. where Charles Barkley is yep. in for his second. Yeah, yep. for his split second. And then I can't help but every time I watch that scene, the dude that's just punching that lady in the face. Did you catch that at all? Yeah, Lady in yeah. the green dress. He just jacks her right in the face. Yeah. And this is one scene that makes it seem like, do you think Dumb and Dumber pulls from this at all with the times 10 and the back and forth with the Annie Quitsies and all that stuff? I would say maybe to a small extent. That type of thing is kind of a common thing for kids to do, you know, so sure. maybe it's playing more into that. But I wouldn't be surprised if it was something that was pulled from a movie like this. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it would have been two to three years before they would have started filming Dumb and Dumber. And then the mask has got the tongue out thing. So yeah. I was just like, is Jim Carrey pulling from this <laughs> random? I don't know. just seems like. It could be. Who knows? Uh, but uh, Ramada has had enough of this bar fighting. Stop it. Can't you act like civilized human beings? And everybody's like, oh, yeah, we can act like yeah, civilized human beings. I'm sorry, pal. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, Kent and Ramada need to talk now. Uh, feeling like he won, Kent says, drinks are on me. Free beer. <laughs> Everybody comes out of the woodwork. And then the look on his face is just like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Uh, so they leave the bar, and nobody finds out who's actually paying this tab, I guess. Uh, outside the bar, Kent says that the offer still stands. What's that offer? Ramada isn't ready to be married, Ooh. though. No marriage with Kent. Uh, so Kent leaves to go back to base, and Topper sweeps in to walk Ramada home next door to the bar. <laughs> they walk like five feet, and then she's home. Yeah. Well, this is it. It's a nice place. It's okay. The only problem is I have a nosy landlady. Well, I guess this is good night. I don't want to go back. You don't have to. I don't want to be alone. And by the way, I can go all night like a lumberjack. What about your landlady? <laughs> you can do her too. <laughs> <laughs> and then he trips up the steps after she says it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now it's time for a comedy movie sex scene. <laughs> Which oh is my. always hilarious. Definitely. Always. It reminded me a lot of Dumb and Dumber's sex scene, didn't it? Like, yeah. yeah. 
it's ridiculous. It's a pretty perfect like lampoon parody of the Top Gun sex scene, which I love. Oh yeah, the grapes that he's feeding her, and then the strawberries, and then the rolled up pizza. Rolls up the pizza <laughs> and licks it closed like an envelope. <laughs> Just great. <laughs> licks it closed like a doobie. Like a do, like a doobie. Yeah, like a doobie. <laughs> Ah, oh, boy, the olive that he pops into her mouth from the belly button. Yeah, and then she sucks out the inside <laughs> all seductively. I don't know. The drip from the ice cube. Blue. Blue. <laughs> and then the frying eggs and bacon on her stomach. Like, it's just the most random scene, but I love it. I mean, is she like, she's that hot? That hot. She's that hot that she can fry eggs and bacon on her stomach? Hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> did he do her? Yeah, he did her. He did her. <laughs> so that scene where they pop the the olive into her mouth, uh, Valerie Golino swears, has always said that they actually did that. What? Like, it's not a trick. It's not a reverse shot. I could have sworn it was some sort of reverse shot. Yeah. You know? And then after having read that, she says that they actually did that, which I don't know how that works. Ooh. But, uh, like, how would that even work? Like, you're pushing on her stomach to get that? I don't... It makes no sense. It makes no sense. I tend not to believe you, Valeria tend not to believe you on that proof 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 prove it if you're since you're a listener just email us please valerie <laughs> <laughs> uh the next day on base it's time to hit the skies one problem wash out washed out <laughs> <laughs> what happened it's my eyes i've got walleye vision can't something be done a delicate corneal inversion procedure it's a multi-optopupilotomy but to keep from damaging the eye sockets, they got to go through the rectum. <laughs> <laughs> and the look on Dead Meat's face is like, ooh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Washout wants to say goodbye to Topper, uh, but he's AWOL. Uh, Dead Meat can't find his lucky gum. Uh, Topper wakes up at Ramada's. He pounded her into the mattress, which is funny because she's completely sunken into the mattress. Yeah. Uh, back at base and Dead Meat's wife is there. Did you recognize her? No. Dead Meat's wife is George Costanza's wife. I can't remember her name in the in Seinfeld. Oh. That he killed accidentally by having poisoned envelope. In the uh, in the show. In the show, oh, yes. Okay. So that's kind of funny. Uh it's funny also that uh, his wife even called him Dead Meat. Yeah. Oh, Dead Meat. Why would she call him that? <laughs> uh, they just closed on a house. The kids are busy stripping asbestos off the pipes. That's great for <laughs> yeah. those kids. Uh, Dead Meat's life insurance papers arrive for him to sign, of which Dead Meat's pens don't work, so he can't sign them. Yeah, and That's... a black cat walks past him. He <laughs> walks, walks under, under a ladder. ladder. <laughs> it's ridiculous. That's okay. I'll sign them when I get back. Uh, and then Dead Meat's wife, Mary, breaks a mirror. <laughs> and then we find out that Dead Meat's uh, solved global warming. Yeah. It's just interesting that a movie in 1991 has a joke about global warming. Yep. I realize it's been in the news and like on Scientific Mind since the 70s, but it's just interesting that it's in a movie in 1991. Yep. Uh, he's going to tell her all about it when he gets back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and to top it all off, Dead Meat found evidence that goes all the way to the top of the White House about the JFK assassination. <laughs> <laughs> and it's right there in his pocket. It'll be safe right there. Yeah. I mean, he's in a jet. What could go wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mary and Dead meet are just perfect together and they have a long life ahead of them maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe uh we see topper he finally shows up but it's actually washout yeah. uh, yay topper you got any gum no <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, we move over to the air traffic control tower with Admiral Benson. Freedom Squadron, start your engines. My God, that's loud. My ear canals are very sensitive. Stainless steel took a bullet in Corregidor. Passed straight through. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> runs that handkerchief through and then just that hollow metal sound <laughs> oh man and then the other dude that's there has some earplugs in takes them directly out of his ears and goes uh we have these to hold down the sound sir he hands benson the earplugs oh good thanks let's hope they do the trick <laughs> <laughs> takes them as pills that's gross <laughs> yeah <laughs> the look on the other dude dude's face is just like <laughs> who is this guy <laughs> who is this guy uh, Benson asks for the mic so he can give the pilots a pep talk of sorts, and he hits himself in the head with the mic. For the love of God, man, be careful. Ever since Normandy, this is Coning Way. <laughs> he's got a head, he's got a plate, like a dinner plate in his head, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's got a lot going on in his body, that's for sure. So that role of Admiral Benson was originally offered to Leslie Nielsen, which is, I could have seen him doing that role just fine. He would have worked out fine in it. Uh, Nielsen declined the role by telling Jim, the director, Jim Abrahams, Abrams, Abrams, yeah, Abrams, Abrams. Um, I think I've done enough of your spoof movies. <laughs> he was sick of doing them, I guess. Sick of it. Uh, George C. Scott, who was Patton and was also in Dr. Strangelove, was then considered for the role of Benson. But ultimately, the part went to Bridges. And thankfully, it did because, man, he is great in this movie. Yeah, he is. Uh, the pilots, they hit the skies for their training at this point, And Topper is late to the show uh, and not in the air. So Washout sneaks back on the tarmac and masquerades as Topper. Dead meat and Washout are having a tough time, a tough go at it in their training. Uh, Washout is tracking down a duck, yeah. which is very funny. Yeah. Uh, he runs directly into dead meat. It's not, not a good thing. Not a good thing. And then ejects immediately. He's like, I gotta, I gotta eject. What are you doing? <laughs> and then gets uh, stuck in dead meat's plane, which is funny. Uh, in between his legs, uh, do me a favor and don't land. I must help you, my friend. Just starts kicking him in the head and pushing him <laughs> out of the plane. Uh, and dead meat, he's going down. Uh, Topper tries to shield Mary from watching her husband crash and burn by turning her away. Don't look. Uh, but one of those convenient giant movie mirrors is behind them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she gets to watch the whole thing. Uh, wash out, though. He safely parachutes down to the ground and then gets drugged by his parachute across the desert floor. Yikes. Uh, turns out that dead meat survived the crash. Yay. Yay. <laughs> and then Topper and an ambulance are racing to the crash scene. I love how he comes flying out of there, <laughs> doing a giant <laughs> jump out of the bush. Uh, and then Dead Meat, of course, gets run down by the ambulance. Of this course. poor guy, this poor guy. Wendy, I can fly! <laughs> <laughs> it took me a while to get that gag. I'm like, her name's Mary. I don't get it. I'm like, oh, Peter Pan. Uh, Peter Pan. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Uh, Topper rescues dead meat and then repeatedly rams his head in the stuff just <laughs> over and over and over. And then there's that uh, ambulance ride uh, where he gets his head slammed in the door before yeah. they get the thing shit. And then shit's just flying everywhere in there. Just more stuff is flying all over them than is possi possibly. There's no way that'd be possible. <laughs> no way that all of that stuff is in there. Hilarious. Either way. Uh, Washout happens to get caught up on that uh, ambulance also and gets drug away to his death. <laughs> all the way to the hospital. <laughs> they finally arrive at the hospital. What a ride. Oh, man. <laughs> and then death. Dead meat's head getting smashed even more into the automatic, into the, doors. automatic doors at the hospital. Dude, seriously, cannot catch a break. <laughs> Finally, though, they find a doctor. What happened? Plane crash. We got to work fast. I got a lunch. 
You're missing the big picture, Doc. Nurse, check his penis isn't longer than mine. <laughs> no, Doctor. <laughs> Good. Now this is going to hurt. And he bites his bites nose. Bites his nose. <laughs> <laughs> Nurse, give me 15 cc's of morphine, quickly. And then he gets the shot of morphine. Hilarious. Can you save him? (laughs) Can't be sure. I'm not a good doctor. You're going to be all right, buddy. (laughs) I'm in a hospital. What could go wrong? (laughs) And then cut to Dead Meat's funeral. (laughs) Uh, We don't get to see him die. No. Which I get, like, maybe it's too depressing for a comedy. You don't want to see this guy die. I suppose. But still, maybe a comedic death maybe a comedic death like, make a comedic funeral yeah i mean have him fall down an elevator shaft or yeah, something, something like that just something like that but then since he's lived through so many other things and that maybe won't kill him but i don't know i'm dying something super easy yeah. like a banana peel or <laughs> there something there you go they should have had him almost fully recovered get out of bed slip on a banana peel and die ding, ding. funeral <laughs> there you go i like that uh, it's it is kind of a good bit of writing if you think about it that there is no payoff to that because of That's so many true. things that happened up to it that there is no payoff. Yeah, so it's like an anti joke. Because I mean, as soon as you find out his name's dead meat, you're okay. He's goose. He's gonna die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just drag you along for so long. <laughs> oh man, I just you just think that he's. I, they could have waited longer maybe to kill him, just drag that along even further. But his name is Dead Meat, so you got to kill him at some point, yeah. right? Mrs. Thompson, I know you must hate me, but there's something I want you to have. I've been putting a little away for the past 10 years. That's not much. 2500 I wish I could do more. Why, Topper, that's so sweet. Why, with the three million I won on this lucky lotto ticket, I can take this 2500 and just blow it on hats. <laughs> <laughs> Look on his face, is like, I really need that money. I <laughs> uh, give it back, you. Oh, man, seriously. That's hilarious, though. And just blow it all on blow hats. Blow it all on hats. <laughs> Oh, everyone's at the funeral, and Ramada sits on that chihuahua. (laughs) I love the guy selling peanuts. It's genius, (laughs) genius, genius, genius. Uh, And Tug is having a metaphysical crisis a little bit at this uh, funeral. Just blink out one day like a bad bulb. One minute you're in bed with a knockout gal or guy, and the next you're a compost heap. Doesn't that bother you? Because it scares the living piss out of me. (laughs) Just the look on his face like, I can't believe you people don't think of this stuff. (laughs) Uh, But we see Block and his arms dealing friend pull up to the funeral in a sweet blacked out 90s sedan. Like, I would drive that thing today. That thing is kick ass. (laughs) Uh, Turns out Block is having some second thoughts about his devious plan. Uh, No one was supposed to get hurt. So is he backing out? Maybe he might be backing out. Uh, No, he's doing this... uh, He's doing this for his country, and he's not doing it for you. At least that's what he tells the dudes in the limo. Yeah. Uh, creepy plane building guy says they need to switch to the backup plan. So Block is out, they assume. I guess. that's, yeah, that's yeah. kind of kind of seems like he's not going to do a, go along with it anymore. Uh, the 21-gun salute gone wrong is very, very funny. Yeah, it is. Tug random fire, randomly firing his gun into the crowd and <laughs> tossing that grenade. Using the casket as cover. Man. God, I love a good funeral. <laughs> as the lady next to him is like, oh my God, I don't want to die. <laughs> Uh, next, we move over to Ramada's place with Topper, and she's doing metal work in the living room. Yeah. So I got to assume this is a flash dance, flash dance reference. So okay. the main character in Flash Dance, the movie I've only seen once, maybe twice in my lifetime. She's got some scenes where she's doing some welding. Sure. So I think that's what that's a play on. I have to assume it is. Yeah. Yeah, and Friends actually, Joey's trying to describe that, and he said, "Oh, there's that movie. He's like, it's called uh, Footloose Flash Dance." <laughs> and then he's like, "And the, that plumber girl, she was a welder." He's like, "What were you in the?" <laughs> movie or, it's 
that's what I think. I haven't seen it, but that's what I think. Hey, thanks for the Friends reference. It's been a while. <laughs> I like while. it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Uh, Topper, he tells Ramada that she, he's going to be resigning. So Ramada's like, let's talk about this, all right? So they're going to have a little romantic walk on the beach together. <laughs> no matter what I do, I always hurt people. Including that dude in the kayak with yeah, the rock. skips a rock <laughs> and just... <laughs> Uh, Ramada tells Topper that he's not like his father, uh, but Topper is just like his father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> both, uh, both killed a man. Yeah, both killed a man. Uh, he loves jets just like me. Um, they're both loners. Uh, he even has his father's eyes, literally. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ramada encourages Topper to fly again. She even thinks that there's someone trying to make Sleepy Weasel fail. Why would she even be? In the know for Sleepy Weasel. She's just a psychiatrist. No one knows. She would be not in the know. No. No, not in the know. Uh, So Topper needs to go back and fly and thwart those bad guys. Hey, there's a plot all of a sudden. There we go. (laughs) All while Kent is watching them through his spyglass, which is hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then he closes it and he looks all hurt and pissed about it. (laughs) I'm going to walk around with a spyglass like that and just randomly use it to stare at people. (laughs) Uh, back with Admiral Benson. Now read it back to me, Francine. And if you ever put your goddamn hands on my wife again, I will. (laughs) (laughs) Who is he writing this letter to? (laughs) (laughs) They get interrupted by Block. Uh, good thing because Tug was, uh, expecting someone. He's like, oh good, I was expecting someone. Not anybody in particular, (laughs) but he was expecting somebody. Uh, maybe to share his mug full of pudding with them. (laughs) Pudding? Uh, no thank you, sir. (laughs) A mug of pudding. That's the only way I'm going to eat pudding from now on is in a coffee Straight mug. Straight out of a mug. I don't eat a lot of pudding, but maybe I will now. Yeah, I don't drink coffee, so that's one way for me to <laughs> eat a go. mug. There you go. Pudding. All pudding. <laughs> uh, Tug wants Topper out, but Block wants him in. What size shoes do you wear? Uh, nine, sir. Good, it's settled. We'll send Harley to the front. By the way, thank you for having us over for dinner the other night. Cheryl and I loved the stroganoff. Sir, we didn't have dinner the other night. Really? Well, where the hell was I? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Tug. Tug, Tug, Tug. Uh, Topper and Ramada run into Kent at Ramada's house now. I came in to get my chafing dish. Our orders just came in. We're shipping out in one hour. Are you coming along this time? The chafing dish is not yours. It is. It isn't. Okay, I don't want it. I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) You You stay stay out out of it. it. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> uh, Topper loves Ramada, uh, uh, but she needs to think about it. Uh, she's conflicted about her love for Kent and for Topper. So naturally, Topper sings to her, and we get uh, some time-filling clip show from scenes that were already shot in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We also get a couple other spoofs on some popular films, yep. so they needed to fill some time. Obviously, Rocky, the Yo Adrian moment, which is hilarious. Uh, the Gone with the Wind moment, falling down the stairs. And then the best one of the three for me was the Superman and the Dove moment, yeah, right? Because yeah. he's trying to get that dove off of his hand. He can't do it. He can't do it. Uh, the song doesn't work, but it filled some time. So great. <laughs> Ramada still needs more time to think. That's all she keeps saying is she needs time to think. Yeah. Is that a joke in, her, in itself that she needs more time to think constantly? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, maybe it is. So now, meanwhile, meanwhile, somewhere in the Mediterranean seas, Sleepy Weasel is a go aboard the USSS, which is <laughs> hilarious that the name of the ship is the USSS. <laughs> uh, the boys are ready to land. Yankee Doodle Floppy Disk, this is Foxtrot Zulu Milkshake, request permission to land. 
Uh, we see Washout is on radar. He's the eyes on the ground. That's maybe not a great thing. Probably not a good thing. <laughs> oh, we're back on the flight deck now, and it's gags aplenty again. The pilot's knocking heads on landing, which is funny. I don't know why they needed to repeat it three times, but yeah. sure, why not? Uh, Kowalski's unsettling face prosthetic, which is just weird looking when she pulls the mask off and her face is all stretched out. And yeah. That's just weird. Uh, another dude falling off the deck. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the guy with the groceries. Oh, yeah. That's Captain hilarious. Crunch. Yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, the dude feeding the parking meter. <laughs> just funny stuff. And then the handicap spot dispute, which is great. Yeah. Have you no decency? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, Benson finally meets the guys from the now finally named in the movie, Rockman Aviation. The open sea. Oh, God, I wish I could smell. I had my nostrils fried in pen majum. <laughs> Benson falls down the stairs. I slipped on a crab. Who put that crab there? Crab? I didn't see any crab. There were two crabs. They work in pairs. <laughs> <laughs> Just the idea of him falling down the stairs and then trying to cover it with, I slipped on a crab. <laughs> Who put that crab there? There were two crabs. <laughs> the orders for Sleepy Weasel. The orders are in for Sleepy Weasel. They begin at 0600. Wake me up at 0530. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I'm going to use that at work when people use military time. I'm going to use that. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that at work. Uh, we also find out that Benson has uh, ceramic eyes, <laughs> which is hilarious. Uh, Rockman has the plane sabotaged, which is weird that they have a dude on the deck of the plane that's a mechanic that's willing to sabotage a plane to put his fellow sailors at risk. Yeah. Like, that's just weird. And weird. Nobody ever talks about getting paid for any of this. Everybody's just doing <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's just doing it. It's very, very weird. Uh, now we're in the fl- uh, in the flight room, and the fight breaks up between Topper and Kent, those comically huge mouth guards. Oh, my hand. Oh, my face. <laughs> Attention on deck. Admiral Benson is in the room. In exactly five hours and 17 minutes, we hit the enemy toast. Uh, I think that's the enemy coast, the sir. The enemy coast. <laughs> it's funny that he says toast. <laughs> uh, and he's like, well, that's going to take a little bit more planning. <laughs> uh, the mission is to take out the nuclear weapons plants, and if they can't hit uh, the main target, the secondary targets are an accordion factory and a mime school. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, now, that's a classic... The the crapping on, I should just say, because it's an explicit podcast, the shitting on accordions and mimes is like a really classic comedy trope, right? Yeah. Just always mimes suck, accordions suck. It's just very <laughs> yeah. funny. It's very funny. Uh, Topper's on the lead, though, on this mission, and Kent voices his trepida- trepidations about Topper leading the mission, but he has his orders, so he's out of luck, basically. So too bad for you there, Kent. <laughs> Uh, it's time to go, and the valet is busy getting all those planes ready. <laughs> uh, Ramada, uh, random pilots sitting on the Chihuahua to keep that bit going. I wish it would have been a main character sitting on one of the Chihuahua, but whatever. Yeah. Keeping that uh, keeping that bit going. Uh, Alpha, Alpha Velveeta knuckle underwear, you are cleared for takeoff. When you hit that nuclear weapons plant, drop a bomb for me. Schwinkter mucus niner ringworm Roger. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and then Tug loses his hat, but they'll be they'll pick it up on the way back. We gotta mark the spot though. Put Rabinowitz in the life raft. Have him roll in circles until we return. It could be days, sir. Then put some food in the life raft, man. Do I have to think of everything? We'll tape his favorite shows. <laughs> I mean, we'll tape his favorite show. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and finally, we are in the air. And enemy aircraft at 12 o'clock. Really? That gives us about 25 minutes. 
think I'll step out for a burger. <laughs> uh, and as soon as the mission starts, Block tries to abort it immediately. He puts Topper off his game by mentioning Buzz. Um, I thought Block was like not going to do this anymore, yeah. but apparently he had a change of heart, so he's going to do it anyway. Uh, it doesn't matter, though, because they can't disengage from the enemy. They're all over them. So let's take a second here and talk about the enemy, okay? <laughs> Uh, the obvious uh, Middle Eastern pilot names being Foods, it's yeah. uh, Strike One. Strike that's, One. That's not good. Uh, then their pseudo-Arabic gibberish, that's Strike Two. That's Strike Two. That's not good. Um, then there really isn't the Strike Three, yeah. so they pushed the limit, I they guess. They did push the limit. Because that is super cringy and pretty racist. Oh, yeah. It's, so Very. it's tough to... like. I found no comedy in it watching it. Yeah. And I'm sure me in 1993 as a 10-year-old would have been like, that's hilarious. Yeah. But me yeah. as a 40-year-old being like, that is really racist. That is rough. <laughs> that is tough. So that's an instance of something in this movie definitely not holding up one right, bit. Right, definitely. Uh, there's a bogey on my tail uh, is very funny. The fact that it's Humphrey Bogart. I <laughs> <laughs> got a big, a big kick out of that one. Um, Block figures out that the planes have been sabotaged and he's pretty pissed because none of their uh, missiles or guns or anything is working at all. So he ain't going to abort that mission, though. It's uh, He's got the best pilot in the world with him. So he tells Topper the real story of his father. His father was a hero. He's a hero. That's kind of a feel-good moment. Yeah. Uh, but then it's immediately whackified. It's just super so super, go- super goofy. God. Very funny. Climbing around the outside of that jet going hundreds of miles an hour. <laughs> uh, I love that Block's call signal or call sign was uh, is eyewitness. Yeah. It's very funny to me. Uh, the staple gun that uh, Buzz uses to fix the plane is <laughs> yeah. great. It's great, great, great. The newspaper he takes to the face when he's up there. Yeah. Oh, he's got such a goofy voice, too, when he's up Seriously. there. Uh, and then <laughs> he is grabbing the wing and holding the plane together. Uh, I and love stretching that. out. I love too when he's uh, walking on the plane. Whose gum is this? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, get the lead out. Like, Come on, he's walking on the outside of the plane. Yeah, and at that point, he's not even crawling. He's like standing up, walking yeah. along the plane. <laughs> very funny. Uh, everything he did was humanly impossible, but it was very funny. Uh, Topper pulls it out and he saves the day the hard way because he doesn't have any weapons. Uh, slapping the planes with his wings. Very funny. Very, very funny. And then using a trick he learned from Paula Abdul. It's the oldest trick in the book when he's just <laughs> cartwheeling through the air in his airplane. So at the time of the filming, Paula Abdul was in a relationship with Emilio Estevez. That's hilarious. So Estevez and uh, Abdul tied the knot one year later in, uh, in 1992. However, their romance was very short-lived and the pair split in 1994. Imagine them kids on ice eventually. (laughs) Yeah, man, it would have been the best thing ever. Uh, And then, of course, he's going to do the old slam on the brakes trick when you're in an airplane. I love that he has a brake pedal in the airplane. Very, very funny. Uh, So he gets behind those other jets. And thanks to Topper's heroics, uh, it looks like the enemy's bugging out. (laughs) Not quite yet, though. Uh, did they need to stretch for time? Because they could have ended the scene a lot earlier. Yeah. So stretching for time a little bit. Stretching. The, the movie's like 79 minutes long or right. something like that. Uh, the enemies, Migs are back and Topper takes refuge in the clouds. Did you like how he did the Looney Tunes-esque comedic like, <laughs> yeah. That's whips great. a U-turn? Very funny. Uh, he pulls back on that throttle and crash, and the MIGs crash into a mountain, a la ID4, for sure. So yeah. <laughs> it's very similar to that Independence Independence Day scene. 
scene. Uh, so sure, why not? Why not? Uh, but we're still not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> There's one more enemy jet, and it just fired heat-seeking missiles. You can see in that scene, it took me a couple of watches to see that one plane does make it through that mountain range. Yeah. So he didn't just come out of nowhere. Every time I was watching this movie, I'm like, where the hell is this other jet coming from? All of a sudden, <laughs> there's another jet, and then finally I saw it. And I was like, oh, he made it through. Okay, sure. That makes a little bit sense then. Uh, so those heat-seeking missiles are on the way, and if Topper can't lose them, he's gonna use them. <laughs> Sayonara, Saddam. <laughs> Drops that bomb right on his stomach, and the whole place explodes. Uh, so actually, in some early previews of the film, the part of Saddam Hussein was credited as being played by Saddam Hussein. What? <laughs> How weird, right? Obviously, Hussein did not appear in the film. Uh, the role was instead by played by Jerry Halava. However, you H A L E V A. How would you say that? Halava. 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 Probably Halava. Um, he repri- reprised his he reprised his role as Hussein. Ugh. He reprised his role as Hussein in the film's sequel, Hot Shots, Part De, in 1993. Uh, can't wait to get to that one. Uh, everyone makes it back to the carrier. Uh, the aircraft carrier wasn't actually on water. Can you, can you believe that? It actually was not on water for the filming of this movie. Uh, for the scenes that were shot on the carrier, the production team built a wooden deck off the edge of a cliff. So the scenes on the carrier were shot at an angle to make the deck look like it was at sea. Oh, okay. And if you know that, when you watch it, especially when they're landing, and uh, I think it's Block goes, oh, you guys want to move out of the way? We're landing here. You can tell that the 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 water and the in the deck of the aircraft carrier it's like the scope like the parallax of it's a little weird like sure. the water looks too far away yeah. from what it is but it's barely noticeable and if you don't have that going into the movie right. knowing that you would never look twice at that yeah wouldn't it be easier to like commission the military to let you use an aircraft carrier you would think as opposed to like building a mock-up of one yeah. off the edge of a cliff over the ocean I don't know. Like, Seems nah, like a lot of work. The movie's way too over the top. <laughs> Seems like a lot of work. But where's Topper? <laughs> uh, they lost contact. Uh, but there he is. Pyrex pickle blowfish requesting permission to land. You'll have to talk me. You'll have to talk me down. I've got damage. Hold it. Hold it. Okay, Topper. Ease her in. Landing gears frozen. Looking good. Lost my radar. A little more power now. I'm out of fuel. Right for lineup. Lost a wing. Doing fine. There goes the other one. <laughs> okay, Topper, call the ball. Touching down. <laughs> and he literally just falls out of King. the sky. Which is <laughs> it was great. I, I love that. That's great. And it's cheers all around, and Charlie Sheen pops out of that cockpit, and he looks coked out of his head when he pops out of that guy. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So he probably was coked out of his head. I'm going to go with probably. So sorry, Charlie, if you weren't. I know you're a constant listener, so don't don't email me. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kent and Topper do the thing from Top Gun with a lot less enthusiasm. They're like, you, you. Yeah. <laughs> I do like, too, how uh, uh, Washout is like, oh, Topper. And then he runs to hug him and just runs right by him. Yeah. That's very funny. Hey, Topper, now that you've made the world safe for democracy, what will you do to cash in on your newfound fame? I'm going to Disneyland. (laughs) Hand him a stack of cash. Stack of cash. (laughs) Uh, Topper gets some closure from Block on his dad while Topper is sitting, while Block is on a gurney getting a blood transfusion. Uh, Topper is like his dad in the good ways, too. Yay. 
Um, Block drains that guy of all his blood. All of his blood. Didn't he look like uh, Abraham from... Yes. Is it him from... I don't think so. It's got to be too old, right? I suppose. Because Walking Dead would have been like, you know, late 2000s into the mid-2010s area when Abraham was on the show. And I feel like there's no way he's old enough to be 20 years younger in this movie. So how old do you think he was in Walking Dead? No way he's older than 45. And I feel like that's older than he actually is. I'm guessing closer to 40-ish. If he's 40 and... So he'd have been 20... Let's say it's 2010 that, you know... 40 in 2010, that would have made him... 21. 21. And that dude looked older than 21. Yeah. So. Like, I definitely the first time thought it was him. And right. then each time I, I watched it again, I paid more attention. Like, it certainly looks like it could be, but I don't think it is. I think it's just the blonde mustache and yeah, the blonde I was having cut. this weird debate of wh- how hard is it to look like Abraham, really? Not like, hard. I don't think it's that hard. Not so. that hard. Yeah. <laughs> but I do love that gag that he just sucks dry like an inflatable person. <laughs> and nobody cares. And then they push him they push block into the plane and he's uh into the helicopter and that he sprouts a leak of yeah. blood oh and he just laughs about it. uh but finally uh block also outs the two dudes from rock rockman aviation that they were actually the bad guys yeah. and they finally get their comeuppance uh that dude runs in i don't know why he ran into that uh that fail safe net for those planes like i mean you're just running you had plenty of time to stop plenty of time but it flings him off the ship so another dude going no, over the deck i can see my house <laughs> <from> up here <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then uh, mar- uh and then a marathon man reference uh for the other guy some unwanted dental work so marathon man's a movie i've seen one time and it was on tv and it's got uh um, he was Hook. He was in uh, The Graduate. He was Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. He gets some torture done to him, and it's unwanted de- dental work. And the dude that's doing it goes, "Is it safe in Marathon Man?" So that's the reference there. Marathon Man. It's actually a pretty good movie. Nice. Uh, it's been a long time, and like I said, I'm pretty sure I watched it on TV from the 70s. So we'll never do it on this podcast. Never on this one. Never, but it could be ever. extra credit. Extra credit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we see Topper, and he throws his dad's eyes into the ocean. Literally, <laughs> I know it's a playoff of uh, Maverick tossing Goose's uh, dog tags into the ocean. Yeah, but still, <laughs> it's ridiculous. looking good, son. Or he was looking at you, son. Whatever he says <laughs> in his head to him. Oh, and then we make it back to port, and they get a hero's welcome, including a welcome banner that literally says "Welcome Home" banner on it. Just <laughs> hilarious. I love that. Uh, we see Ramada, and she's looking for Topper, but not before Kent tries to let her go. You must forget me. No problem. I will. <laughs> <laughs> and they go back and forth and back and forth. <laughs> well, really, it's just Kent constantly <laughs> yes. trying like, to act like she cares when she does not. No problem. Okay. See you later. <laughs> okay. I'll bye. Be, I'll be okay as long as I have me. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie Elways is great in this movie. Yeah. I love Carrie Elways so much. Uh, Ramada runs to Topper, but he's already taking off on his plane. Did you like how he had like the boop boop to open up his plane? It's pretty <laughs> yeah. good. He just gets in there in his navy whites, no flight gear, nope. nothing. He's no, good. no worries, no worries at all. Uh, but she doesn't uh, catch him. She tries to run him down on her horse. Yeah, great. The horse is on deck. There, that's great. I love it. That's just great. Doesn't work. 
Uh, turns out, though, Topper went back to his tribe with double-A batteries in hand. <laughs> it's about fucking time. <laughs> but Ramada is there. What? But she's no longer named Ramada. Now I'm called Wawatukina. What does it mean? Little sizzling belly. <laughs> <laughs> Topper's got the steaks. Got the steaks. <laughs> and then finally, the last Chihuahua gag, he drops them on the Chihuahua. Yeah. Arr, arr, arr. Roll credits. Roll credits with recipes for brownies, knobby buns, and things to do after the movie. <laughs> I love that that's like the first foray for comedy movies and any movies really for like the post credit type of scene. Yeah. And you know, it's a page out of uh, Monty Python's book too. So I appreciate that, that that stuff is, you know, that type of thing should be in a movie like this. So it'll still make you sit through the credits to look for something like right, that. You know? Right, right. Because I, I did not recall those things being in the credits in the movie, but I'm like, I've got to sit here to see what's going to happen. There's got to be <laughs> something in the credits, something in the credits. Oh, Trav, what did you think of that movie? You know, I thought it was really good. So, you know, thank you, Man Bear Pig, for suggesting this and having us do this movie. It's one of those movies that's so stupid, it's funny, yeah. but it's just perfectly stupid. Like, perfectly It doesn't stupid. try to be serious at any point. You know, there's no mixed messages with this movie. It's just... Physical comedy, rid- physical comedy, ridiculous gags. It's hilarious the whole time through. And I think for us having done Top Gun and loving Top Gun so much, it just makes it even funnier. Yes. So, uh, what does the second one make fun of? Is it mostly Rambo yes. based off the cover? Yes. Okay, okay. It's mostly so Rambo. Before we ever get to part two, which I certainly want to do, we'll have to do Rambo. So for that, sure. So that I have more of a... Because that made this so much better having so much obsession with Top Gun I feel like Rambo's got one of the it's, it's kind of got a weird naming conve- convention for its uh, movies because it's Rambo First Blood and mm-hmm. then Rambo First Blood Part 2 like First <laughs> Blood Part 2 it's just kind of goofy but yes we should definitely do Rambo yeah I seriously like this movie a lot, and the goofiness is just what I wanted, and there's a lot more movies like this from the 90s, from this era, from the 80s and 90s, that I cannot wait to get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have to get to the Lethal Weapon spoof that has Emilio Estevez in it, so oh, sure. we'll have to get to that one sometime too, but the goofiness on this movie is just, it's just off the charts, yeah. and it made me want to watch looney tunes Definitely. that's what it made me think of most of the time is that sort of crazy weird just odd humor that is just out there you don't know where it's coming from it's a reference a minute the dialogue's fast it just yeah. keeps you going everything's a joke and i like that about yeah. this movie a lot and it's a movie that will be on the in the rotation. Oh, definitely. It's going to be a great movie, I think, for me to like bring along somewhere and right. watch it on vacation on a rainy day. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's just it's a like we've mentioned, it's a short movie. You can get in, you can get out. Right. You don't expect anything too big from it, and it's always satisfying to watch. Definitely, just absolutely love I, this I movie. I genuinely think it got better each time I watched. Yes, it. agreed. Because it's a movie that the more you watch it, the more you can see. The more Pick you can pick up on all the dumb little yeah. jokes and gags. Yeah, so. and the stuff going on in the background because yeah. there's a million things going on in the background. Yeah. any moment so Trav I think I might give this movie four and a half four and a half chihuahuas out of five I, I like think it. it's, oh. a, it's a solid movie it's a solid, solid movie. movie out of everything about this movie is just absolutely great so Trav is there anything else that you would like to talk about for hot shots I want to call it Top Gun so many times hot <laughs> shots top shots top shots 
Uh, no, let's get on to that homework assignment. All right, all right, kids. We're doing Beavis and Butthead Season 1, and it's adult animation. It's satire, black comedy, created by Mike Judge, directed by Mike Judge and Yvette Kaplan, voiced by Mike Judge, Tracy Grandstaff, Christopher Brown, and David Spade. I did not know that. Yeah, David Spade. Uh, theme music composer, Mike Judge wrote that. I had no idea that Mike Judge wrote that song. He is quite the talented man. Yeah, he, he really is. is. Number of seasons, 10. Number of episodes, 263 plus two pilots. Can you believe there's 263 Jeez. episodes of Beavis and Butthead? I can't, but that's amazing. amazing. Original release date was March 8th, 1993. Okay, here's the supplement for the Beavis and Butthead episode. So we are going to do Beavis and Butthead, Season 2, Episode 8 and 26, Season 3, Episode 13. And you may ask, why are we doing such random episodes of Beavis and Butthead? Would you ask that, Trav? I would definitely ask (laughs) what in the heck came up with these three episodes. So what it comes down to is availability for all you guys out there to be able to watch them. So these are the first three episodes that are available on Paramount Plus if you have a subscription. So that's why we are doing those three. Makes sense, right? Makes sense to me. Makes sense to me, too. So the first episode we're going to be doing is called Sick. And then, oh, wait, hold on a second. Yep, we're going to be doing Sick. And then we will be going and doing Friday Night. And then after that, we are headed on over to Sporting Goods. Sporting Goods. Sporting Goods. And good news is, with the music videos and Beavis and Butthead, they are available on Paramount Plus with the episode. So that's good. That's great news. Oh, yeah, definitely. And now that we have specific episodes that we're going to be going from, and we told you which streaming service to use them, because of the fact that sometimes uh, the episodes have different music videos involved with them. So the music videos that are presented on Paramount Plus are the music videos that we are going to talk about. Quite the different cartoon. To get yes, to. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's a shifting gears for sure. Which is always fun to do with this podcast is yeah. just change gears. And like I said, you can find Beavis and Butthead on Paramount Plus or if you happen to have it in your collection. So boom, 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 boom. Which you do, I believe. Um, I have the first two collections of Beavis and Butthead. Oh, okay. None of these episodes are in either of those collections. Because oh, it's not like season one and season right. two. They're collections of episodes. Oh, okay. And none of the episodes are in there. And I'm like, come on. Come on. So I'm going to have to subscribe to Paramount Plus for a month. <laughs> That's okay. Could could be worse, right? Been, could been be there, worse. done that, yeah, right? Could, could be worse. Uh, Trav, anything you want to share about uh, Beavis and Butthead before we move on over to the outro? Other than I watched that way more than you would think a child would watch Agreed. Beavis and Butthead Agreed. when I was a kid, so I don't feel like there's any chance there's an episode I haven't seen. Agreed. But it's going to be really funny to go back, because the last time I've watched anything was the remake, like, a handful of years ago mm-hmm. or a decade ago when they made fun of reality shows mm-hmm. instead of music videos. And that was still really good. And I've heard the new stuff is really good as well. But yeah, I'm excited to do this and then eventually do some be somebody do America as a, a movie one. Yeah, definitely. I can't wait to get to that movie. That's like a, my friend Dan and I, like when we would hang out, we would watch Beavis and Butthead do America almost every time we hung out. Yeah. It just was like the thing that we connected on the most. And I was actually allowed to watch Beavis and Butthead at his house. I was not allowed to watch it at my <laughs> house. So nice. Uh, but uh, I can't wait. It holds a, 
special spot in my memories of my childhood because it was one of those first like I shouldn't be watching this. Definitely. I can't wait to watch it. It'll also be fun because that'll be a perfect two character show for us to go back and forth. Yes, with. that will be very very fun. Uh, so Trav, with that all out of the way, why don't you hit me with that outro? Let's get into some emails. So we've got our first person here. He sent us two. So it's Groovy Movie Twenty Two. He wants to know. What is the best movie that we have seen lately? The So the best movie that I have seen lately is the sequel. So the End of the Spider-Verse, the, I, the sequel to it, yeah. the Miles Morales. So yep. the first one was End of the Spider-Verse, and the second one was Miles Morales, Multiverse of Madness. Something, something like that. The second It's really, really good. Yeah. Um, that one and TMNT that we saw, sure. which both amazing, amazing movies. Animation is just beyond next level at this point. We talk about it in that extra credit episode. We're kind of in a golden age of animation right now. Definitely, Stu- Big studios are willing to take giant risks on odd properties and let people design them the way that they want to design them. Yeah. It's very cool right now. I love animation. And Same. <laughs> I love animation. That's another thing with Beavis and Butthead is this was like probably my first real foray into adult animation yeah. and really shaped my opinion of adult animation after that. And I don't think Beavis and Butthead, like Adult Swim owes Beavis and Butthead, right? It does. It yeah. owes it because yeah. without Beavis and Butthead, we don't have Adult Swim. Yep. And I'm a giant Adult Swim fan. For sure. From circa 2010 and earlier, because I haven't watched it a lot. <laughs> yeah, last, not lately. Not lately. Right. But. Um, so, obviously, we went together, so I put TMNT, Mutant Mayhem as well. So, eventually, we'll get that Patreon up going, <laughs> and people will Patreon. know what the hell we're talking about <laughs> we'll with get these extra credit episodes. But they'll be quite the library. But, yeah, that was just next-level animation. Been a while since I've seen anything like that. And I haven't seen the Spider-Verse movies, unfortunately, so I need to see those. Um, and then the other one I wrote down, believe it or not, was Barbie. It was a good movie. I really enjoyed it. It was pretty funny. I haven't seen Barbie yet, but I need to... Excuse me. I need to see it. Need to see it. it it's great. Um, don't be hating. Barbie's awesome. So next email is from the same guy, Groovy Movie 22 or girl, Groovy Movie 22 wants to know, what is the worst movie you've seen lately? The worst movie that I have seen lately. It's, it's okay if you got to go back to Mars Attacks. I'm, so. I, like, honestly, I might have to go back to that because... The way we consume media nowadays, like, there's so much to choose. If there's anything on the fence, I just don't choose it. True. If I don't think that I will want to watch it, I don't choose it. Yeah. And so I think that's one of the things that's kind of good about this podcast for me personally, if somebody that likes to watch movies, is it's pushing me out of my comfort zone to watch things that I wouldn't choose off the shelf, you know? I wouldn't, I don't think I would have chosen to watch Hot Shots anytime soon in my life, you know? Yeah. But now we do the podcast, I get to watch Hot Shots a whole bunch, and I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, or Species, or, or species, some of these ex- random exactly. ones we've done. You know. um, really bad movie. I mean, Mars Attacks is pretty bad. It's like, pretty bad. And that was that's going on five, six months ago now. Yeah, yeah and that's the first one that comes that to mind. F- honestly, that was the first one that came to mind. Like, I, I think I'm going to go Mars Attacks. I mean, that's not a bad choice. That's what I would pick if I hadn't just recently. So we usually do movie nights on Fridays. And I haven't seen Venom yet, so we watched Venom, and I liked the first one. Yeah. We both actually really liked it, like, better than what I went into it thinking from the negative things I've heard. And I've heard the second one was bad, but I thought, 
we enjoyed the first one enough and it was short so we just popped the second one in so that's what i put down venom let there be carnage not it was good bad. it was really bad not good huh and i love carnage i love venom i love the spider universe everything mm. but just wasn't good and i like woody harrelson yeah. but he plays carnage and it's just not it, the story is lame and yeah yeah uh so that or mars attacks worked for me too uh so I I was thinking when you said that, I'm like, I don't think I saw the sequel. But then as soon as you said Woody Harrelson, I'm like, oh, I did see the sequel. And you blocked it from your memory. I, I kind of blocked it from my memory. It lacked all the charm of the first one. Yes. Just lacked all the charm. Definitely. It's too bad because the first one was good. And it, Tom Hardy's great. So. Yeah. Apparently they're making a third one. So my cousin said maybe they'll redeem themselves. Maybe better. Uh, so the next one is from Sandy Cheeks, a.k.a. Lauren. I asked her to give us a... Uh, question here and she said she wants to know our least favorite vegetable and why least favorite vegetable and why it's cucumber without a doubt uh <laughs> they lit i don't know why i don't like them but they literally make me like gag when i eat them oh for sure i just get that gag reflex when i'm eating them it just i don't know cucumbers if i see them anywhere near any of my food i'm like well that's dead to me so i'm not eating it <laughs> yeah. I'm not eating it cucumbers easy peasy so I don't eat many vegetables, and she knows that, so there could be plenty on the list. Uh, just the smell of Brussels sprouts when she has Brussels sprouts is just, ugh, because she eats any vegetable. But the latest thing I can think is we went to a fancy restaurant in Kincaid's, and it was like carrots, potatoes, and I'm thinking some sort of yellow squash, and I gave it a shot, and that was gag-worthy for me yeah. for sure. I don't know. I'm just not versed enough in giving veggies a shot, and as soon as I gave that big chunk of shot it was <laughs> not good not good squash is not good squash is bit not good not good <laughs> so my last one here is just my question for drew i thought oh, yeah, that was an interesting question so what is your favorite fruit and I, I put down as a kid and now in case it's changed from when you were a kid so like you you don't eat a lot of vegetables i don't eat a lot of fruit oh, okay <laughs> uh i basically only eat apples and bananas sure uh grapes make make my mouth feel weird i don't i don't <laughs> like grapes at all i'll eat pineapple also so okay. it's it's apples bananas and pineapple as a kid it was only apples sure i've gone to i moved on to uh pineapple as a young adult because i'm like pineapple's great yep. love pineapple and then i moved on to bananas as like a health thing because sure. i needed the potassium i guess so i eat bananas pretty often but that's about it yeah like, i I'm, can't pretend like i'm like some fruit connoisseur <laughs> if i don't eat a lot of veggies i certainly don't eat a lot of fruit i can't do bananas because of the texture like, <laughs> i can't do it but when i was a kid i for sure it was apples and grapes mm -hmm. i still like grapes but i don't eat apples as much uh but pineapple is my favorite yeah. for sure pineapple or mango so if i can get some sort of like tropical fruit type right. bowl that's that's my jam and it's interesting because i love like tropical juices and yeah. stuff like that but if you put like a bowl of tropical fruit in front of me i'd be like nah thanks man nah. make it into some juice i'll drink it <laughs> make it into some I'll, juice I'll make it into some juice i'll Give drink it but juice. you put a mango on the table i'm not eating it <laughs> cantaloupe i'm not eating it oh man I'm not doing it so that's wrapping up our show today. Make sure you email us. Again, we're going to say it at the beginning and the end of every show. Overdue homework podcast at gmail.com. Give us a damn email. Email us anything, anything at all. Give us a topic suggestion. Say we suck. Say what fruit you like. Say what vegetables you hate. I don't care what it is. But all you need to do is follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Overdue Homework Podcast. And thanks for listening. And as always, don't forget to tune in to the next exciting episode of the Overdue Homework Podcast.